Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers! I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Well, Caviar Dreamers, we are back. It is a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, and we have such a good episode today. I never laughed so hard. This was a great episode. This is a great episode. We had interviewed Emily and Remy from Diet Starts Tomorrow. Amazing podcast that we have been listening to. They just took over on October 30th. They did. It's a podcast. It's one of Betch's top podcasts. And both of them come from the podcasting arena. Remy has her own podcast, How Come? And Emily has two podcasts, Hot Mess Comedy Hour and RIP Diets. And they are hilarious whilst delivering positive messages that are so good for women today. Yes. It's about body image and who doesn't suffer from body image issues. We are getting messages every day via the internet, social media, family members, ourselves, ourselves, ourselves. I think that's negative, the hardest one. Negative feedback about our body images. And these two young women have figured it out and are going to give you information in and deliver it in a funny, hysterical way, how to get back your positive body image and what really matters in life. And how to have a good orgasm from masturbating also. Yes, exactly. Covering good. all the essentials yeah, today. And about, it's just everything about body positivity. And they just did a great podcast about body trends. And I mean, since when are body trends a thing? Everybody's body should not be fitting into a trend. I mean, come on, we're born with this body. No, exactly. Like knee boots, over the knee boots, ankle boots, that could be a trend. Yes. I mean, your body should not be a trend. No, your body is what you're born with and then what you might want to craft it into at the plastic surgeon. And that's okay too. If that makes you happy, there should be no shame in anyone's game. Yeah, but if you're you're filling your face to look like a cabbage patch and filling your ass to be tremendous, FYI, that's not always going to be in style. So- we're going to try and work on each other to be happy with what you have. It's not wrong to improve yourself. I mean, listen, I'm not a stranger to plastic surgery. No, I mean, listen, I, I don't know why I waited so long to fix my nose when I did it. I wish I did it years before and I would happily do more plastic surgery if I had time and or yeah, money. And that's okay. It's okay to make yourself happy, but I'm not going to starve myself into fit into, to fit into heroin chic. 
Well, heroin chic is just bad messaging all over. I don't think it's good to promote looking like a drug addict at any place because drug addicts don't even want to look like drug addicts because they need to be sober. It's just such bad messaging. So these girls have cut through that messaging and just so inspirational. And you're going to really love this episode. Yes. So let's get into it. Well, we are so excited to have Remy and Emily on today from Diet Starts Tomorrow. I know. This is like a big deal to me because, first of all, you guys are, besides the fact, you're hilarious. You're both super smart. Thank you. Thank you. And everything (laughs) you guys talk about is so important and relevant, but you do it with a sense of humor, which I'm all about that. Oh, we're so grateful to have you on. I mean, we were laughing, Nelly. Obviously, we're older. So we've yeah, lived we through, don't talk like, about that, even drink, drinking lemon water with cayenne pepper mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know, uh-huh. rolling up amphetamine into rolling papers and swallowing it in high school to try and be skinny. Yeah, so we've lived through every unhealthy thing ever. And what you guys do is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm interested to hear about the iterations of diet culture that you guys went through before we showed up because there have been so many while we've been here and we're trying to get rid of a lot of it. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm on like taking peptide shots right now to, to be there because I'm in menopause and it's very hard to lose weight when you're in menopause and you and you struggle and you get that mid little spread in your stomach that you didn't have when you were younger. And it's, you struggle Mm. at every age, you know, that's the issue. You struggle at every age and women, unfortunately suffer and they're about their self image. Unfortunately is tied into their body where Mm -hmm. men, they're not culturally, they're not groomed that way. I think our parents do (laughs) sadly to say, do it to us. Society mm-hmm. does it to us. And I love that you guys are plugged into that and you're young and you're speaking to young people about it. I know, Emily, you went to a camp to lose weight. Yes. Yes, I as did. As a child. So do you feel like uh, your parents, con- I know they're lovely people, but you feel like they contributed mm. to this? Yes, I do. And that was <laughs> really difficult for me. I'll be honest, because growing up, like I had a lovely, lovely childhood. I had two parents. I had older siblings that loved me. And so I had a lot to be very, very grateful for. And it was hard as an adult to kind of reconcile that to to be like, okay, well, my parents are lovely and they really do care so much about me and gave me so many opportunities but at the same time, they fucked me up. And I think <laughs> I this it. is kind of my way of expressing it is podcasting because having those hard conversations with them, it just always felt impossible. And I never felt the freedom to be able to express my feelings about that because totally. I was so guilty for so long. Mm. I think, listen, me being a mother, I could birth either one of you, I'm sure <laughs> that <laughs> it is true. I think it's, it's hard to be honest with your parents because parents want to do the best thing for their kid. They think they're doing the right thing for their kid. I mean, I still mm-hmm. get uh, agitated with my mother because I think she thought she was doing the best she could. I mean, listen, sometimes I tell my kid, I was like, do you think you need a chin implant? I mean, who the fuck says that? What uh, What am I <laughs> oh thinking? I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and he's my son and that's inappropriate. Oh. And I don't know when I'm, why would I say that? It's because yeah, that comes I, I from I talk me. about this a lot where I'm like, annoyed by what our parents have done to us. But then I think about what their parents did to them. And the reason why the parents were doing these things are because they were 
also ingrained to think people need to look a certain way in order to be loved. I want my child to be loved. I want them to be okay after I'm gone. You know, like all of this other stuff that goes into it that you're just like, but let me order Chinese, mom. Exactly. You want your kids, you know, you get it in your head. I think that you want your kids, you think you want your kids to feel good about themselves. So you want them to be perfect, Perfect. quote unquote, you know? So you think you're doing the right thing. I mean, my mother had it from her mother. My mother, my mother's mother, you know, and my mother was born in the forties and her mother used to say to her is just like, you're fat. You're, you know, and he, and she grew up, you know, when they were mm. broke and it was more important to be, you know, to have food and you look like you were richer when you were healthier. But she's like, your legs are too fat. You're never going to find a nice guy. You better lose weight. You know, Ugh. your ankles are too thick, you know, crazy things. Cause she thought she wouldn't find a good husband. I mean, right. We, your we ankles. <laughs> yeah. My, cause my grandmother had very skinny ankles. I mean, granted she was like a short, fat little troll, like a, tur- <laughs> like a turkey. I mean, she, she, you know, how turkeys have those nice skinny little yes. legs, those big bites. Yeah. But something resonated with me. How you said about your, I was listening to your podcast the other day is about body trends. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more about that. Cause it's true. Body, you know, we shouldn't be, there's no trends in body and no. fashion. So t- tell me more about there that. There shouldn't be, but yeah, the New York post had this article the other day where they were saying heroin chic is back, which we all remember from the nineties. Mm-hmm. It was to look gaunt, to look like you were dying from heroin and be very, very, very thin Kate Moss esque. And a lot of people were like, no, like, why would you say that? Like, why would you say that that's back in? Because we remember going through so many people had eating disorders because of this trend where the the that body type is not attainable for most people. Like I, I said on one episode, and I, I think I should attribute it to my sister. You can't starve a bulldog and expect it to look like a greyhound. You know, like some yeah, body types, right. yeah. they're just never that's going to look analogy. some way. And I used that analogy that I heard you say the other day to someone and mm. they died on the floor. They're like, oh my God, I never heard it put that way. And it is the right? absolute best way. doesn't matter how I wake up in the morning. I'm never going to have a curvy ass. Like it just doesn't yeah. work. And I can remember when I was dating one guy who'd always historically had girlfriends with bigger butts and I always felt inferior. Like he always yeah. looked at my ass Inferior in the posterior. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's yeah, so it's funny so, how we like compare ourselves. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. so, it's so true. And I also, I also like to compare it to shoe size because, you know, and, and I think of my sister, my sister's very tiny. I'm very tall and more mm-hmm. athletic than my sister, but she's very tiny and she has size six feet. And, and I wear a size nine, nine and a half. If I were to try to squeeze into her size or, or try to bind my feet, I, I could maybe make my feet smaller, but they would be fucked up. They would be all mm-hmm. bent out of shape and broken. So well, it's interesting that you bring that up, though, because that was one of the first body trends. Yeah. Right? Foot binding yeah, historically yeah. in China. And like a lot of these body trends that you think about in the past, you're like, oh, of course that, that of course that's dangerous. That sounds dangerous. Neck extensions. You think, oh, of oh, course, yes. that's dangerous. You know, whatever. It, the body trends right now are just as dangerous. Because it's like, if that's not your body, you're going to die trying to get to it sometimes. It's it's true. It's very true. I've said it to some people I, I work with. It's just the trend of the tiny waist and the, and the tremendous hips and butt. Let's let's fill ourselves. You know what mm. I'm saying? 
to have this unrealistic body type. I mean, most people aren't born that way. Yes, a lot of women are curvy. I love a good curve, but the mm-hmm. over-exaggerated curve. Well, I think also mm. that the additionally dangerous part of it is when it is a trend and it's set by celebrities, let's just say Kim Kardashian, you know, all of us has the most magnificent, curvy, delicious, voluptuous body that everyone wants to bang. And then the next minute she loses 20 pounds and is a stick, has her implants removed, dissolves her butt injections. Mm -hmm. And then the trend changes again. So what messaging is it for people who, you know, when you're following trends, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And also most people can't afford to do these things. So it's like, it's just really hard to expect them to be able to. I think it used to be really trendy back in like feudal times to be heavier because food was so scarce. Like body trends usually go with what is the most unattainable thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're climbing up this like uphill battle and it's ne- it's never going to happen. And it is so generationally ingrained in us because I think like my mom, you know, I was born 1980. So my mom loved to be Mm -hmm. like 80 skinny. So even now when I'm getting ready, I could put on a thousand outfits, not feel good in anything and be so hard on myself and throw everything on the floor. And that's because I watched her do that. And sometimes be like, Mm -hmm. we're not going out because I have nothing to wear and I look shitty and everything. So we're not going out. And she listens to the podcast. Sorry, Ingrid, you did fuck me up that way. I love you. (laughs) And we've gone over it, but you still do it now. And so do I. So it's okay. But it is, it's learned and that you guys really speak to this and bring this up to young girls is so important. I was going to say, I was telling Emily how my mom used to try to tell me that like, she's very, very skinny, like, like prepubescent boy figure, basically. And she said that she used to get teased for that, like in the sixties growing up and then Twiggy came around and she was so skinny. And so my mom finally felt like, oh my God, that's somebody who looks like me. And now this is in, and this is exciting. But meanwhile, she's saying this to me, who's like, just gone through puberty, like I'm a voluptuous person, always have been. And I'm like, well, that's what's in right now. Like, fuck you. Like, it sounded like she was bragging to me, but really she was just trying to offer some camaraderie. Yes. But, yeah. 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 What do you tell your listeners or people like mm-hmm. young girls? So they don't, they don't fall or women or even people my age, whatever it is not to fall into this, because I mean, this is like a lifelong struggle for everybody. I mean, it's it consumes your thoughts. Yeah. Well, personally, what worked for me was ditching diets. And that's something that I talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that dieting and especially chronic dieting, like trying fad diets and then maybe losing a lot of weight and then inevitably you put on that weight again and you need to try another diet. That whole cycle keeps you in a state of constantly thinking you need to change yourself and you know, the diet industry is a multi-million dollar industry and they're constantly targeting us and telling us to feel bad about ourselves because that's how Mm. they sell their product. And I think taking a step back from that really, I mean, not just listening to your body and and treating it with respect and kind of like moving away from the diet mentality. I think that's a huge part of it, but also 
analyzing these messages that are being fed to us that we should not be happy with ourselves or that we need to change ourselves to really look at it with a critical eye and say, how does that make me feel? And why do I feel that? And who's profiting off of me feeling mm-hmm. that way is a huge part I of also, it. Emily suggested this to me, which was follow more creators who like have body positive content or have a body type like yours and live fully and positively. And like, I follow these people now that I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? You know, your mom was saying like, oh, I can't find something to wear. We're not going. I ruined my boyfriend's birthday last year because of that. And now I'm like, that is so far from my mind because I see other people just like being their best selves and like really embracing the body that they're currently in instead of aspiring to a body that they might never have. And it's so hard as well because in that moment, you feel like such a brat. You know you're doing it, but you can't get yourself out of that cycle. I was like that a few weeks ago when we shot the new cover for Caviar Drinks. I just felt shitty about myself. And I'm going to be 42. Like at this stage of my life, I would have hoped I would not give a fuck and would feel fantastic. And it, it doesn't happen. And I do think social media plays a huge pot in that. It really does. Yeah. I don't think there is an age that you just get over it. I think you need to train yourself to not give a fuck. My 90 year old grandmother still talks about wanting to lose some weight and she doesn't even go anywhere. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) we really want to address these things when we're still young because your Put body's going to keep changing exactly. and you're going to keep being uh, able to find things to be like, oh, I fucking hate this. Like my mom tells me all the time because my aunt is five years younger than her. So she'll tell my aunt, oh, in five years, this is going to happen to your body. And then it'll happen to my aunt in five years. And eventually she stops. She was like, Robin, can you just not tell me about those things anymore? Like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be as afraid of them. I want to like not notice them if they happen. But the tragedy is if I could look back now and tell like my 21 year old self who thought that there were things yeah. in the wrong place, I, I'd take that back in two seconds. Now my tits of are course. on my knees and I pee when I jump. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I would trade it all in it's, to it's go true. back in time. Have you had kids? Yeah. I do. I have one little son who's four. Okay. Is that why you pee when you jump? Because that mm-hmm. I just recently learned about that, like th- that they make pee underwear for post-pregnancy and stuff. You and I just never learned knew this. It's like yeah, a huge I, part of it. I never oh. knew. I never knew. Yeah. Don't let it put you off. Kids are great. But yeah, you pee when you jump. But they have all sorts of things for it yeah, now. Could, so it's not could, so bad. There's even like a little, we learned the other day, we went to a place that you just sit on this machine now and it does your Kegels for you. It basically electrifies your vagina. It's great. Oh, so good. Wow. I know. Because I know. The other option was they were going to put filler, like cheek filler, in my urethra and it might get too tight. So then I'd need a catheter. And I was like, okay, catheters and old lady wood, we're out. Done. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather pee myself. Right. (laughs) You know what else I think has ruined women's body image and screwed up our sex lives? And tell me if you agree Mm. porn. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, I can speak to this very much. Let's talk about that because I think. It's screwed yeah, up a lot I, of things. Porn, at least back in 10 years before now, has primarily been made by and for the male gaze. And so a lot of porn is just for guys, like what they want to do to women, what they want women to look like while it's happening. And a lot of that is sucked in stomachs. 
and perfect faces, like perfect O faces and perfect tits and no cellulite because of editing or whatever. And so if you, like me, saw any of those, you would think that that's how you have to look while having sex. And not only are you not just somebody like to perform for somebody else, but those things are prohibitive of your own pleasure. Because a lot of times to have an orgasm, you need to let your stomach relax. You know, you need to not be thinking about what my body looks like or are my tits swinging right now? Like, what you know, like... How's my hair? Yeah. (laughs) How's my hair? It doesn't matter. Get out of your head. You know he's not thinking about it. Like, their faces are horrible. True. (laughs) But no one ever told them it was a problem. So, yeah. Yeah. There's female-made porn now and there's porn for all genders and there's audio porn, which is amazing because it lets you use your imagination instead of having like a specific archetype of what to look like. But that's, Ooh. that's Ooh, I just didn't know that. Where have I been? Oh, hell yeah. Dipsy, baby. Ooh, we got to get into this. I have a theory about guys come faces, by the way. If you watch a musician and they mm-hmm. make like a really weird face when they play the drums and they play the guitar, yeah. it's definitely the face they make in bed. And it freaks <laughs> me out. So a lot of bands I can't look at anymore. It like creeps me out. That's, that's amazing. That's incredible. And I, I think bassists, I could see that. Oh. Bassists always make the most wild faces. Ooh. And I have While no idea shredding. where from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You totally can see that. But yeah, I think the porn issue has also caused sexual issues, not only for women, but for men. Yeah. And totally because I know, Remy, you prior to this with the orgasm, I don't know if we want to talk about that at all, but sure. If you guys want to talk about it, I love to talk about it. I started a (laughs) podcast because I had never had an orgasm at 28 years old. Classic way to learn. It's called How Come. And it worked. And I come now and it's wonderful. But I had all these people on to tell me about their first experiences and then they had to give me assignments on what I should do to make it happen. And porn was one of those early assignments. And I remember just being like, is it weird that I don't like this? Like, I don't, it makes me feel bad about myself. It makes me feel like I have to look like a certain standard in order to deserve pleasure. Did your partners previous to that, did they realize you weren't orgasming? My boyfriend and I were dating before the podcast. Yes, he knew the whole time. He tried his best. But I always say, like, it's really hard to expect somebody else to make you have an orgasm if you haven't done it yourself. Yes, like, yes. It's like, I think yes. it's also, ve- it's very mental. Yeah. Like, I just think it's like a rude challenge as well. It's like, hey, here, solve this Rubik's Cube. No one's ever done it. Also, you're <laughs> naked. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes. No, you're uh, no, I think that's very good. I think you're absolutely right, because I think people don't realize that orgasms really as much mental as it is physical. Yeah. And you have to get out of your own. You have to get out of your own head. And if you don't Mm -hmm. know your own body. Yeah, it's very you can't expect someone else to do a good job. It's not magic. Well, yeah, because Mm -hmm. it's it's so personal too. a different thing works for different people. And there are some women that, you know, they really need to feel like tune into their senses like. I've recommended yeah. to friends before, turn off all the lights and just like focus mm-hmm. on how you're feeling. But some people, and including women, are visual. We think of men as being the visual yeah. ones, but some of us are visual. So I this is all to say that something different works for everyone and you can't discover that until you try a lot of different yeah. things. I personally know the visual things that work for me are like really romantic movies. Oh. 
Like I will oh, wow. watch a romance and my hands will start like tingling in a way that a porn could never get me to. Like Pride and Prejudice or what are we talking <laughs> about? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Seattle. Oh, okay. Yes. This is such a, this is embarrassing, but I was watching the Kissing Booth series. Have you guys heard of the Kissing yes, Booth? Yes, I yeah. love yeah. the Kissing I have, Booth. Now I, it's a good I film. watch the Kissing Booth? Yeah, oh. Me and Ron Juicy, and, big proponents of the Kissing Booth. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob LRD, my hands were on fire. It was crazy. <laughs> okay, so now Joe and I are going to have to watch the Kissing Booth. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's very, very cute. Yeah, Ron turned me on to that one. Okay. I, I like yeah. that. Okay. Good, so good, when good. it came out, I was like, I can't watch it. It's a high school thing. And then I don't know, like the other week I was like, I'll watch the kissing booth, whatever. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, none of these kids are actually in high school. So don't worry about right. it. Right. You can yeah, fantasize yeah, about no them all. Shame you can feel okay. Don't, be, don't yeah. feel guilty. Don't feel that you're lusting after the youth. So obviously the, the Diet Sauce Tomorrow podcast has been on the yes since 2018 and you guys mm-hmm. just took over October 30th. How did you guys get connected? So what happened was randomly we heard that the host might be stepping down. We went in to record a demo. I think that they found me because I had been doing a podcast for a couple of years called RIP Diets and I'd been doing that on my own. I started it in quarantine and I, yeah, I had been doing it about two and a half years at that point and had been putting clips out and a lot of content. And so somehow they they found that and they DM me saying, can we meet to talk about podcast opportunities? It turned out that they were looking for a replacement on Diet Starts Tomorrow, which is one of their flagship podcasts. Yeah. Yes. It was very popular and very established. And Sammy and Aileen, who are two of the CEOs of Betches, used to run it. So these were very considerable shoes to fill. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> and so, you know, when they wanted to have two people as co-hosts and I thought of Remy immediately because I think that Remy and I share a lot of the same sensibilities. I keep holding myself accountable via podcasting. Like and Emily knows that I've done that before with How Come. Like I was like I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to do it with this podcast and like I've been struggling with body stuff and I'd been sending her memes and videos and all this stuff being like, this is what I'm thinking about. And like, I know you run this podcast or whatever. And she was like, maybe we can heal you through another podcast, you know, and kind of fix you and take another journey. So yeah. Which I love, like I love a project and Mm -hmm. I also (laughs) love teaching people about the anti-diet mentality and teaching people about intuitive eating. I've turned, you know, a bunch of my friends onto it. I've converted my sister to this way of eating. It's something that I'm so, so passionate about. And and so when I was keeping in touch with Remy and and I was hearing about these struggles that she had been having with her body, as many of us started to have throughout quarantine, by the way, I just thought that this is the perfect person because there are so many people that are funny and there are so many people that are smart and well-spoken, but you would be surprised how few people are actually open-minded about this stuff. And oh, Remy had thanks. such an open mind and, and is such a, a curious person that I just, I, I knew it would be magic. So, so yeah, we went in, we recorded a demo and we heard very, very quickly after <laughs> They that, were like, yep. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because we have really good chemistry. We were already friends, which I think is important. Uh, you know, just like the two Big of win. you, it's, the, the on-air chemistry is so important and and having somebody that you know and trust 
it really makes a difference. So yeah, it creates a space to be able to open up. Yeah. So about some really like tough stuff. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we've been able to keep it funny. They definitely wanted people who were funny, but they also wanted people who were willing to examine this stuff and to grow and to talk about their personal growth. That's so, you know, that's so impressive. And I, yeah. and I love that story because the, you can see the chemistry. It's big shoes to fill, but you guys have filled it so well already. And I think it's so important you. and you're helping so many people. Yeah. Uh, how Thank did you, you guys so meet? Yes, so, how did you guys meet? <laughs> we both used to do stand-up. I still do stand-up. Her co-host of her other podcast, mm-hmm. Hot Mess Comedy Hour, yes. and I were friends. When I came out as anorgasmic, she was like, you got to get on our podcast. I went on theirs. I fell in love with Emily. They came on mine. Everybody fell in love with them. Like they're, They were like my first repeat guests. Like I feel like podcasting with people is like, the best because you get really deep really quick. Yes. You know what? Yeah. It, it's so very it's, intimate. It, it yeah. really is. And I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but I this actually I kind of wrote this down for one of my secrets to succeeding what? in business is making connections and not mm. doing it because you think you're going to get ahead. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember connecting with Remy and I, I didn't know if I would ever work with her or, you know, collaborate on anything, but I just knew that we had similar sensibilities, similar vibes, and that she was into the same things that I'm into and, and involved in the same industry. And I think making connections and making friends in your industry is so important mm. because those people can actually propel you to your next level of success. Mm -hmm. And I will say also be curious about information, ask people for other information, but share what you know with other people, like be giving of yourself because every time I have been giving of myself, it's come back tenfold and I wasn't doing it for that result. But like I taught one of my friends how to start a podcast. It's one of the most successful podcasts now. Like it's fantastic. I would send Emily these TikToks and memes and stuff for her podcast because I was like, this will be genuinely like helpful to her. But then it eventually ended up helping me because now I'm on this journey with her. I love that advice because I feel like a lot of people don't share. We're sharers. You especially. You told me to be a sharer. Yeah. And I think it's so important to share. I love to share. I love to watch other people Mm -hmm. succeed. I love to lift other people up. Unfortunately, in the TV industry, everybody's not a sharer. And doesn't oh, want to I'm help sure. other people. Sure. And and in normal life, too, like you will get fucked over a few times. Oh, you'll like, totally get fucked over. Yeah. But that shouldn't deter yeah. people. I Don't yeah. you agree? I think. A hundred percent. But I love that you guys are sharers because and it does come back tenfold, for, like like you said. Be, and that's great advice. And that you can mentor other young women and, and teach them to share because that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the other thing, too, with like my sex stuff is I felt nobody shared with me. Like, where was everybody telling me what they were doing with masturbation techniques or anything like that? Everything was kept so close to the chest. And I'm like, here's my information. This is the toy I used. Go do it. Go squirt. It seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like everybody would kind of just give you the blanket advice of like, well, when you have one, you'll know. You'll know. Yeah. yeah. I, know. Like, oh, I know. I know. That's like so well, It's after very the fact. funny. So when March went on Housewives, yes. her first mm-hmm. episode out the gate. Yeah, my first I mean, episode out of the gate, I talked about Pop Puss which was like this spray that you, Joe and I got that you spray. Pot puss? I called it pot puss. 
It was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was like like six years ago. It's like a THC that I got in Colorado that you spray on your puss, marinate 20 minutes like a chicken. And it was very good for your orgasms. And, you know, I said it makes my husband shoot across the room. And then, you know, and everybody was like, you know, all the girls on the show were like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're grown women. And I was like, well, how often do you masturbate? Like half the woman at the table. Oh, I've never done that. I was like, are you bullshit? Literally. You know, I was like that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Just these are like grown fucking women that live their life yeah. out on TV. Yeah. And you're going to say you and never had an lie. orgasm? Oh, I don't have to. I've men right around. I've this. I've that. I was like. What? I was like, mm-hmm. really? Stop. And mm-hmm. I was it's so. not the same. I was so disappointed. <laughs> yes. I was so disappointed in these women. I was like, what kind of show am I going on? Yeah. That they're going to lie on national TV when all women yeah. are watching this and make it out like. We're above this. And I was like, you are so such yeah. a liar. I think that's why Danielle Staub and I bonded because she was like, oh, I messed up. She was, was more like, yeah, honest about deal. it. I, I think I, I could be wrong, but I think usually when people say that or when people get shy about it, it's it's usually because they have shame. And yes, of course. It's but shame, yeah. but like also gatekeeping, because here's mm-hmm. the thing. If you're saying, oh, I never need that. I never need clitoral stimulation. I can just do it from penetration. That okay. sets up this narrative that other people are going to be like, like I thought, oh, you need another person to do it. You need a guy to do it. And like, it's never going to happen without a guy. And if you don't do it during intercourse, it's never going to happen untrue. 25% of people with vulvas need clitoral stimulation and can't do it with Only 25%? penetration alone. Wow. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would, would think have thought that was higher. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. Only 25% can do it with without cl- only yeah, penetration. So 75% yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Clitoral Seventy five yeah. percent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, that's 25%. That's, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's low. It does take a lot of women speaking up on it, though. We went to see a, an off Broadway play years ago by Lois Robbins where she talked about like. Yes. How she was very. Wait, Margaret, I was going to. I don't know if you. We met at that play. You look oh! familiar. That's what I'm saying. You do look yeah. familiar. I, I met like, you and person. your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with March senior, right? I met right? you and your mom because your mom was wearing a suit that I also owned, and I was like, "Great suit!" And then I was like, "Oh, it's the Marges." It's the Marges. <laughs> where Lo- that was great because Lois Robbins spoke about her yep. masturbation. Mm-hmm. She, would, she would sit on the washing wash machine, machine as a child, it would vibrate and you know? things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah so, so honest. honest. Like it's funny. Someone I know who is a very young girl said to me once. It feels so relaxing when I touch myself down there. And I'd actually just read an article about how to message stimulation to children. And I said, well, that is fantastic. Good for you. You could do that anytime you're alone to relax. And that's mm-hmm. something that you could enjoy. And previously, having not read this article, I might have been like, oh, fuck, what do I say? Like, oh, don't touch yourself. Do you know what I mean? Right. But we yeah. have yeah. to have good messaging around all of you, body, every piece of it. Exactly. We go for massages all the time. What's wrong with a little, you know, crotch massage? Exactly. Oh, my God. There I is love a crotch nothing massage. wrong with a crotch Ooh. massage. Me too. In fact, I'll be back in five minutes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. always the issue with talking about this stuff. I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go. Exactly. <laughs> we need time. to relax. We need school to unwind. Pick up is coming. <laughs> school, yeah, school pickups coming. I gotta meet the girls for dinner. I need a little break right before right before I go out. Uh, you know, to get but to get me in the mood. And the more you orgasm, inter- I think the more orgasmic you become. 
Totally. And I was just going to say, it's interesting what you said about like, oh, if I hadn't read that article, I might have like freaked out and said something like the same way that your mom had like freaked out and like about her clothes and that imprinted on you. So many people have come into me being like, yeah, the first time my parents saw I was masturbating, they were like shameful about it. And that like keeps them ashamed of it for a while until they go on the Real Housewives of New Jersey and lie. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I, I could not believe it. I was I was like in shock. I think they've loosened up recently because yeah. well, Teresa talks all about her vibrators I, and I her masturbation. Yeah. Because of yeah. you, though. Yeah, I think I'm going to say I was a positive influence on the sexual freedom of Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, I think you're a positive influence on so like many Like you're things. literally lowering the ladder down and being like, this is how I did it. Yeah. It's, yes, it's true. You, ha- you have to be that way because otherwise yeah. women do feel shitty about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's not right. And we and we shouldn't make each other feel shitty about ourselves. It's so true. Now, Remy, you did a you had a little cameo on the Housewives of New York. I did. Oh, yeah. Worst show I've ever done. No, I'm just kidding. It was would, it was very interesting. Would you ever have any desire to be a housewife, either of you? Absolutely. Sign me up. Okay. <laughs> no, All right. I don't even need to think about it. I I I love the Housewives. I love the franchise. I actually, I, I have never watched New Jersey because it's so local to me. I've never how I, I, because and I know everybody says it's the best one. It's all about family. Everyone tells me you need to watch it. It's the best one. But I, yeah. What it is is I don't watch New York or New Jersey because I think they um, it's too close to home. It's too close to home, literally. <laughs> That's a, um, no, but I think you. Would so like, I watch. You, you know, I it. watch Beverly Hills. I watch Salt Lake. I watch Potomac, and I I love these women because. They don't take themselves too seriously. I mean, some of them do, but sure for, some the of them mo- do, yeah. for the most part, I just, some of them will send a cease and desist. If you- right, right. <laughs> but the ones that I always gravitate to are the ones that don't take themselves too seriously and just put themselves out there and are able to have fun. I think it's I mean, it's just the best franchise on television. Truly. Most of them don't take themselves too seriously. I think authenticity makes a good housewife. I mean, train wrecks also make a good housewife, but I like the, I like the authentic ones, but I think it's everybody sees a little bit of themselves in a housewife. Yes. I feel like I see a bit of myself in everyone. Like that's what's so fun about the show is it like remains so nuanced because you're like, I hate what this person is saying, but I get why she's saying it. It's true. Yeah. Listen, I say it too. Some of the people that I don't get, well, not everybody. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I could never even think that way sometimes mm-hmm. with them. But it's like, I could also, listen, last year I didn't get along with Jennifer, but I can understand why she felt that way and the vulnerability of some of the women. And, you know, but there's a lot of guarded and everything else. But I, what I, you know how it is. It's just like, I, I try and be my best authentic self and flaws and all. And I think we're all flawed in a certain way, but I think we should accept ourselves for yes. that. And I think you guys are doing a great job of yeah. teaching women that. So uh, thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank no, you. Thank you for doing it on a, on a national scale. I mean, listen, it's a, the scrutiny, the scrutiny is unbearable. Tell me what each of you was your big girl panty moment when you were like, oh my God, this is my sink or swim moment. Okay. So when it comes to my career, I think that my big girl panty moment would have been when I quit my day job, which would have been about six years ago. And prior to that, I had been doing stand up comedy 
and I had a semi-successful podcast, but I still needed a day job or I thought that I needed a day job because I really liked having that security of knowing that I was getting a paycheck and also the way that it looked to other people, particularly my family, just it made me more comfortable knowing that they were more comfortable that I had a steady income. But the problem was I was working from nine to six, Monday through Friday, and I didn't have time to really give it my all with podcasting or with comedy or with anything, really, with my job either. So I decided that I was going to budget it out and I was going to figure out how I can live within my means on this small salary from my podcast. I need to force myself to make this happen by not um, keeping the this security net of my day job. So ever mm. since then, you know, a million opportunities have opened up for me. I was able to start a podcast of my own. Oh, congratulations. Yes, that's such congrats. a, that's so great. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of similar. Well, not similar at all, but similar in that <sighs> I stopped trying to make other people happy. I um, had started this company called The Tuck when I was like 24 years old. It was an expandable leather belt loop. I raised $30,000 on Kickstarter. I made a commercial to do it. And then I started getting all of these people being like, the product is really good, but like, you're amazing in the commercial. And like, the commercial's like really funny. Like, and I had been thinking since I was like 14, I want to do comedy. I want to be in front of the camera. But because I wasn't quote unquote perfect looking, you know, I thought, well, of course that's out. You know, I have to do something more normal. And with these comments, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go ahead with this company thing. I think I'm going to start improv classes again and maybe start stand up. And I just like people were really mad because they were like, I really like the product. My parents were like, you're becoming an entrepreneur. Like you raised all this money. Like it, it was a success. And it was the first time that I was like, yeah, but I, I think I have to kill my darling right now because I can't do a startup and an entertainment career. And so, yeah, I did the same thing. I had to live on a lot less money, but I moved in with my grandmother. And yeah, things did end up working out. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I yeah. love that. The tuck does sound like an amazing idea, it though. Does. I like the tuck. Were your Thank parents you. like, Remy, what are you doing? Like, my parents still will be like, so do you think you need a, a, a side hustle? <laughs> and I'm oh, like, or I, like, I mean, when we got so when we signed our contract with Betches to do this podcast, mm -hmm. I called my dad and I told him all about it. And he said, oh, wow. OK, do you think you could get a job there? <laughs> oh, my God. That's I was so like, Dad, this funny. is my You're dream like, this job. Is a job. You, this is, this a, is job. a job. This is my dream job. That is so oh. hysterical. When How Come blew up, my parents were like, maybe this will lead to you becoming a doctor. I'm like, I'm not going to become a doctor. <laughs> Give it up. Give it up, yeah. mom and dad. Oh, my God. So we always accredit Marge's success to 50% determination and 50% mm -hmm. delusion. How do you figure mm -hmm. your percentages stack up? Okay, so I think, and I gave this some serious Thought. Okay. But we appreciate um, that. I, I think that I'm about 80% determined and 20% delusional. And I'll tell you why. Wow. You have to be a little bit delusional, at least to, to want to be in entertainment and, yeah. and particularly podcasting. You can't depend on dressing cute or the way you look or, or anything like that. <laughs> you have to think that 
what you have to say is going to resonate with people and that people will care what you have to say. So that's, you know, that's a little delusional. And I do have that a little bit. But in general, I'm such a pragmatic person. I'm very, very methodical. And and I actually think that has led to my success because if I was a little more delusional and a little less methodical, I think I would be an insufferable person, if I'm being honest. (laughs) (laughs) I think I am 60-40 in favor of determination and I would say that my delusion is less than 50 because I do suffer from a lot of imposter syndrome. Otherwise, I would be 50-50. That's common. I would be 50-50. But it's like it pushes it down. However, I do think I am way more delusional than Emily because like I'll be at this stage in my life and be like, ooh, should I buy that dress in case I like win an Oscar? Like that. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I get it. I I know that delusion. Listen, if we don't believe our own hype though, who's going to believe mm-hmm. us? You both Thank are you. a big deal. And obviously, Thanks, Emily, guys. you answered this a little bit earlier about your most entrepreneurial advice, but what would it be for our listeners? Yeah. So other than making connections, I would just say, Try to learn as much as you can about the industry that you want to be in. I think learning about what else is out there and not just zoning in on yourself, really taking in everything and seeing what other people who are successful are doing. It's a great way to draw inspiration and practice some of that stuff yourself. Good advice. Very. And good advice. And good advice for the Marge. Really love what you do. Like, because you're going to be doing that thing for a very long time. Be fucking interested. Immerse yourself and love the thing because you're going to be immersed. So you might as well love the thing. I always tell people, try not to spread yourself too thin. The Marge needs that advice. I'm very naughty. Very naughty. Yes. I yes. do the same it's thing. Hard. It's it's hard because when you yeah. have so many ideas, especially if you're a creative person, you want mm-hmm. to do all of them. Learn your learning style and your energy style and learn to accept that because I work in a way where I won't do any work for like two weeks sometimes. I have to remind myself in those low periods, I'm not lazy. I'm not worthless. It just takes me some time to rest and rejuvenate and reboot so that I can bring myself to the thing again, like in my full form. Wow. I love that advice. Because I think for creative people, especially you beat the shit out of yourself. I know. Like when I'm on the sofa... And I'm on those sofa days and I'm like having the guilt and I'm like, I can't pull together. I feel so bad. And then Joe comes home and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching Charlie D'Amelio on Dancing with the Stars because I missed it. And I'm just like embarrassed. Like, cause I I feel like I'm not achieving, but it's Mm -hmm. true. I, you need to rejuvenate. I love that you guys are young and so smart and giving such great advice and that you've learned this at a young age. I'm learning from you. So that's impressive that you're going to tell everybody this. Very smart. You know what? I I would like to bestow something on you that somebody told me and I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. We don't judge a lion for lying in the sun and just relaxing. He's just being a lion. So we humans, we're animals too. And sometimes we need to lie around and do nothing. And we don't judge an owl 
for working at night just because mm. that's how his body works. Oh, I love it. This was so great. Thank yeah. you so much. I feel like I'm going to be kinder on myself already. Me too. Thank you so you much for coming it. on. Tell everybody where to find you guys. You can listen to the podcast. It's Diet Starts Tomorrow anywhere that podcasts are available. And you can follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. And you can follow me at Lubination. I'm Lubination everywhere on all social media platforms. And I'm Remy Casimir. And if you have trouble having orgasms, how come is spelled how you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, thank you. Thank fabulous. you so thank much. You. Thank you guys Thanks so much for much. having us. This, this was, was so fun for us. I, you, you enlightened me and bestowed a lot of great things on me and I feel better and rejuvenated, smarter and more orgasmic. Thank you guys so, so much. Fun. I mean, Emily and Remy, I love that they're just so plugged in and they've already got it figured out. I feel like we've lived through a time where there was so much shame and guilt around everything. Well, also because we didn't have it bombarded from every direction. Yeah, like we didn't we, have social media. And so I think even while it was like hard for us, it was not as like overcoming. Like it's everywhere you look now. So representation really matters. And the fact that they are bringing such, you know, awareness to like positive body images and positive sexual culture is amazing. Yes. And I think everybody should just be happy the body you're in. Follow Diet Starts Tomorrow. And I like the idea of just don't compare yourself to everybody and masturbate. And also, <laughs> exactly. listen, self-massage, it's a good thing. Exactly. And let's not forget that as Korea women and entrepreneurs, they decided they wanted to be comedians and podcasters and they fucking went for it. Yes. You got to push yourself. We push ourselves every week. If you're afraid, then it's probably good. Yes. It is. And Don't you do should things run. to make other people happy. You have to do what feels good for you in your career and what's going to make you happy. Because if you're happy, the people around you are going to be happy. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Oh, this was a great one. This was a great one. So thanks, Caviar Dreamers. Bye, Caviar Dreamers. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep, Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.